Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, it is me, Jack, and if you've been on our Patreon in the last couple of days, you will have heard from Colin, who's got a chest infection and is keeping pretty poorly at the moment. But the good thing about doing Patreon and uh, the other podcasts that I do is you meet people, you meet podcasters and mates, and one of them sent me a text today asking, do you need a hand? And he's a patron and a podcast host and a mate, and it's Andy McGrillan from That UFO Podcast. How are you, mate? I am amazing. Uh, it is wonderful to be here, obviously. I think the common podcast etiquette is everyone says it's a pleasure to be here, and I don't know right. why that is, but it's a pleasure to be here, Jack. Yeah, and I like to say thanks for, thanks for reaching out, because you've got your own patron. Um, how's that going? Good. Aye, amazing. And yeah. more importantly, Jack, I'm a patron of Wrong Term Memory, obviously, and uh, known you and Colin for a while now off of that, that other small podcast he's a part of, and you branched out into the bigger stuff of Wrong Term Memory. Um, <laughs> and ultimately, this is a dream come true for me, because not only do I get to listen to Wrong Term Memory still through my very much value for money Patreon uh, membership, uh, but I donate to listen to Colin, which is, you know, <laughs> it's like fucking win-win. So um, aye, but no, uh, God rest his soul, he was a good one, so... Um, aye, sorry, yeah, go. He sent he sent me a picture of all the tablets he's taken, man. It's like it's almost it must be a death row. Either that or he's just like he said himself a very bad patient. Um, I don't I, know. It's, it's a mad what a bad haircut can do for you, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I don't mind his new haircut, man. <laughs> no, it looks it does. It looks all right. Aye, it looks no bad. You're looking good, Colin. He probably won't listen to this, but um, <laughs> he's not a type, is he? I had not. Well, I don't know. I used to. I used to listen back to podcasts back in the early days with my own podcast. I've not done it in years now. I hate it. I don't particularly like it anymore, but I used to when I was, I'd probably say for about the first year almost. I'd not, not every episode, but if I thought that was quite a good one, actually. Like if I had a good time on it and I was enjoying myself, like some of the stuff we've done with like sort of Martin Ramsey and stuff like that, mm-hmm. now, I would listen back and have a laugh myself. But um, we're not here to speak about well, we are kind of here to speak about podcasting because you obviously host that UFO podcast, so I may as well catch up with you. I don't know if it's just because I follow you and then, like recently, we you retweeting stuff like competitions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've got a few followers following me and I follow them back. So I don't know if it's just that, but UFOs seem to be in the news a lot more recently. Mm-hmm. Is that just because I'm following more people that are in that bubble or is there lots going on because there seems to be tons every day you're putting stuff out yeah a bit of both um i think you've got your algorithms picked up didn't it but same when i came onto wrong term memory and and whatnot uh folk have followed me that are fellow rangers fans and stuff like that as well so and also for any other football supporting teams that may or may not have joined up um but the since july there was hearings in july i think it was long it was before that i was on wasn't it with you and colin um Mm -hmm. You've done back. one with me as well, just just us two. When Colin ah, was took a um, sickie again. Yeah. I, th- I think this was a. Uh, I think this was after that though. That, so there was hearings in July, and essentially a, a whistleblower guy who was a. Uh, quite high up in his position and he's like I mean our age like late 30s right so he's, he's doing alright for himself his job essentially was to brief the presidents and higher up on uh, security matters massive security clearance and stuff and he basically came forward his name's David Grush and he said uh, based on the documentation that I've got access to for all these special access programs and the different things I have to look at to tell a president and others what's going on in the world of intelligence and security 
I can see that there's recovered craft, and he called them biologics, like alien bodies, samples, basically. Um, he never said the word alien. He very much goes with something non-human, um, which is important, I think, in a lot of this. And he sat in front of Congress and got grilled for a couple of hours with two other pilots, but they were more well-known. But his his kind of his stuff went round the world. That that biologics and crashed craft chat um, went round the world and kind of reverberated a little bit and has had a bit of a chain reaction off the back of it. So especially in the United States, where they take their military stuff really really seriously. You know, we're very proud in Britain. A lot of folks are of the, of the military and uh, all that kind of stuff. But in the US, you know, they're very patriotic. So they have, they have took this guy really seriously and that's kind of had a bit of a ongoing reaction. So what is, what's, what's the difference between alien and non-human is is there a, a, again a, a, an additional difference between that and extraterrestrial what, what, yeah. explain that to me because i so extraterrestrial not other planet right so i think really boiling it down to to what the public are kind of looking at the typical alien idea is we've got something coming here for a different planet in a wee spaceship and it's coming millions and millions or billions of miles, which is an unfathomable distance to travel, right? Well, for, for maybe us at the minute, but so was crossing the sea at one point, and then that changed, didn't it? Um, so you've got E.T., alien, is that idea. That is also something that's a bit of an unknown. So if something did come here and crash, how would they know where it came from? Is it coming from that far away? When you go with non-human, potentially some of these things... The, the, the theories that are going about and a lot of academics and scientists getting involved in this now really serious people as well are saying maybe these things only coming from that far away is there a possibility that they're under the ocean and they're already sharing this planet maybe some of these things aren't actually alive as such and they're just really advanced robotics like ai essentially and they're kind of almost like we avatar bodies that you would you would send to do the work for you um or maybe some of these things come from different dimensions, different realities. So while they're travelling, they're not necessarily travelling a great distance, if that makes sense. Yeah. There can't possibly be serious conversations about stuff like that, living under the sea or something like that, can there? Is there? Yep. Um, but so who, the... who, and who's involved in these? I'm going to use quotation marks here because I think that's too weird for me that like that that seems like fringe stuff that yeah yeah would get maybe laughed at yeah so yeah, the internet was fringe at one point wasn't it and uh i don't keep folk... saying that like things you like crossing the sea used to be that used to be that but, but, it, but it's true but I, I get that no i get that but, but you're asking who it, you're asking yeah. who mate so um the the head astrophysicist right. from harvard avi loeb is involved in it people from under the sea they are they are basically looking at the idea that are there, and it's not like it's not like the fucking Little Mermaid, right? It's not. <laughs> you've got, a, a, but have so you ever seen that? the film? Have you ever seen the film The Abyss, James Cameron? Uh, probably about many years ago. It came out many in the late eighties, and ah, the, yeah, the whole idea one. of that is they go under the water and they find something. The ocean's a big place, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't know what's under there at all. Uh, it's we've mapped more of the moon than we have of under water, right? So. Some of the stuff, especially US military coming out, we talked about this last time, um, in the last kind of 20 years of stuff they're seeing, these things aren't always coming in for space. They're coming in and out the water. So it just it's just logic to go, well, maybe they're under there. There's, I don't a, think, I don't there's think an area. Just, I just don't think that. I just think that's a massive leap. <laughs> like, it's in my head, you've got wee... <laughs> sorry, I, like, we. 
we fish guys making fucking spaceships. Like, is that is that is that bad on me? I, no. I, I still don't get why the. I know we've not mapped. I'm I'm, got, I'm calling it under the sea, but you know what I mean. We've we've not mapped the the four ocean. The we, what's we under live, the four aye, ocean. We, we I, live I on the aye. We live on the skin of this planet, right? And people forget that sometimes Earth's a big place. We literally live on that top wee layer. We don't know what exactly is underneath or what else might be here or maybe the I things. Did, a good place to hide. It's a good place to hide. I watched the second episode of Planet Earth 3 with David Attenborough and that was the Oceans episode and they went down and there's some creepy as fuck shit down there. Like, 100%. Yeah. But there's a massive butt here. Do you want me to narrow it down to an area for you? Which might... So, right, just go. off the coast of California, there's a, like Catalina Islands and there's a, a kind of geological anomaly where they've started scanning this part of the... And again, scanning the ocean, it's quite interesting. There's a guy, um, former Navy, it's Rear Admiral Tim Galladay. Um, I can get you the link for it if you want to share it with folk. He was on with a, a former F-18 pilot, Chris Leto, who's right into his UFO stuff. And this Admiral was talking about UFO stuff and things he's... As much as he could, things he's heard about while he was part of the part of the Navy and stuff. So the guy made it to a lofty level in the Navy. Um and even he was talking about how the scanning of the oceans very, very rough, and even the best, uh, best sensors and stuff they've got now only lets them see so much. It's a very rough scan, but there's this area they're looking at just off the coast of California where it looks like there's almost a chunk taken out unnaturally of the the, the coast. And when we talked about the Tic Tac stuff, I don't know if you remember that for the last time for two thousand four, yeah. these things were tracked going out to that direction and then going back under the water. So even if you're not talking alien or non-human, something that the army couldn't work out and the navy couldn't work out what it was that was flying about mental, came in for a height, done some amazing stuff, and then went under the water there. So they're even looking at, and it does sound ridiculous. I get that they're even looking at the the idea: is there some sort of base for something out there? We don't know what it is, and it maybe isn't it us. Have you watched? See, this sounds like it's got a Graham Hancock fucking Netflix documentary written all over it, this sort of stuff. He knocked me back for a podcast appearance. Yeah. He is, um, cause he, well, he's a fucking screwball, like, for a start, so I'm kind of <laughs> almost glad that you didn't get him on. It's very much, he's this guy. If you don't know who Graham Hancock is, I don't know an awful lot about him, but I ended up doing a YouTube uh, rabbit hole about a fortnight ago and ended up watching a video called I Watched Ancient Apocalypse So You Don't Have To and it was four hours long and it was this young like archaeologist guy just ripping Graham Hancock apart. So I don't know much about Graham Hancock but he sounds like a screwball, Andy. What did you want to have a conversation with him about? Was it about UFOs or was it about more about this sort of the ancient stuff that he seems more into? Aye, like, what, so what was the convo about or what did you want to... to Aye, so you get in, you get involved in the UFO topic, and I think it's safe to say, Jack, you're somebody who you know the basics of the UFOs, and folk think there's something coming from somewhere else that's aliens, right? That's the general public perception of the subject. When you get more involved and more into it, there's all kinds of rabbit holes. But I speak to a lot of different folk, you hear a lot of different theories and stuff like that as well. And the idea that something was here before us potentially comes up quite a lot in different guises and different aspects, right? Um, and Graham Hancock looks at a lot of things, and there, there is a lot of think of 
two plus two equals five with it. And there's almost like parts of it missing where you're like, well, you can't explain that though. And the leap is that, you know, oh, well, it must be aliens then, right? But he looks at the idea that our history maybe isn't what we think it is. Was there stuff here before us? Was there, you know, a more intelligent civilization around a long time ago? Um, and a lot that, of it seems... That kind of ties in a wee bit for me. Okay, but a lot of it seems to be easily debunked by like archaeology and sort of archaeological techniques and the sort of what we, I suppose we would speak about the scientific establishment. Is is that a, a fair term for the scientists I, that are all scientists? Do, yeah, do you know what I think the issue with that is though? Um, hmm. And this is something I'll be always happy to say and when I talk about this, I don't say, well, I know I think this so that's the facts or that's the truth. If I don't know, I'll say I don't know. I'm no an archaeologist, a scientist, an oceanographer, an admiral in the military, right? I'm a fucking idiot who just likes talking about UFOs. So when I watch somebody debunk something, I don't go, oh, well, he's an archaeologist, so that means he's right. The same way I don't watch Graham Hancock and go, he says this was made by giants, so that must be right. And yeah, I think the... a lot of the times they both seem to have, yeah, but you're missing this. And even the debunkers, the UFO stuff as well, well, you're saying it could be this, but it could be twelve other things as well. It doesn't mean it's no column A. But I think with but the thing with it, it's not just it's not this is not just this one archaeologist saying this is my opinion on what this is. This is this is just him being a mouthpiece for the years and years of research and papers and stuff like that. He's just been a mouthpiece for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Han- Hancock I, would say the same thing, wouldn't he? Plain devil's advocate. But, I'm not an advocate for him, but do you know what I mean? But, like, but what? No, but he. But there's no scientific papers and all that sort of stuff behind him. It's just him saying, "Look, look at this weird hump, and then look at this weird hump in the landscape a hundred miles away, and or look at the tunnels under the ground that people used to stay in." Like it's just him that's saying it. I don't think there's any. There He's is other not... folk like Graham Hancock out there as well. That guy Randall yeah, Carlson and any of them, a lot of I've... stuff. And but and this is it. They're, they're all saying, and I think if if I again, I'm not an expert, mate, and I'm not an archaeologist, right? Uh, and I'm like you. Uh. I've only watched Ancient Apocalypse or like bits of Ancient Apocalypse, right? So I don't know. I watch it and go, oh, that's interesting. And for me, a lot of it is like that's a cool what if. So what if it was wrong? And I think the whole thing with science as well, mate, is what we know now isn't it a fact? And in a hundred years' time, we'll go. Actually, we were wrong because we've always done that with science. Oh, that's what science is. No, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But, but and to be fair, to have years and years of that, 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 that seems to have turned into a back and forth about Graham Hancock. It's not. It's not. <laughs> right. Neither of us. Neither of us are Graham Hancock fans. Like, yeah, I feel I'm sitting trying to defend them. But. I know, and I'm, <laughs> I'm heavy pounding them. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's not that. I just think that when it comes to like one. If there is a YouTube guy and Graham Hancock going head to head, one being a mouthpiece for what I think is his own beliefs that then sell his books or whatever, you know, like he he like he's got one of the top selling books in Audible ever. Mm-hmm. It's got like fourteen thousand ratings. People love it. Yeah, love that wacky stuff. In my opinion, wacky. And then you've got another guy who's a mouthpiece for what, in my opinion, is all the journals, all the documents and all the scientific stuff that's been done over the past X amount of years. Now, fair enough, opinions on what is what is truth in inverted commas now in the scientific world may change in 10, 15, 20, 100 years. Yeah. But at the moment, 
I'm going with the, the big stack of papers rather than Graham Hancock's mouthpiece. Yeah, I bet you've not read those papers yourself. You're just assuming somebody else has, so you'll take their word for it. Yeah, yeah. Aye. Mm-hmm. But that's like me. Like, I, I don't know the, the other side of things. So, huh. um, and that's, I always go back to the Galileo thing. You know, like Brian Cox, Professor Brian Cox, former keyboardist <laughs> of D-Ream. Um, yeah. and, not uh, not well, the actor, no. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> you always need to clear that one up, don't you? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Brian Cox, uh, you know, creepy guy. You know, the BBC is where I, well, I, I, I like his stuff. Like, I listen to... Uh, Infinite Monkey Cage with Aye. Aaron Robinins. Yeah. Aye, he does decent to, stuff. Yeah. Um, Did you fall out with him? Do you know what? I got a bit annoyed how much he bashed the UFO stuff, right? But I knew, he, I knew that. Aye. He always, this is quite geeky, right? But he always cites like Galileo as his like idol and hero, right? And it's ironic though, because Galileo got ostracized when he was alive for daring to question the society, social norms and science of the time to say that they actually, the, the earth went round the sun and not the other way around. Um, aye, aye. And he get like jailed for that and stuff at the time, didn't he? Like an under house arrest. Essentially. House arrest it was, aye. Yeah, but turns out he was right. But the scientists at the time laughed at him and mocked him and was like, "How dare you even suggest this?" And I just look at uh, then a Brian Cox now who goes, but the, the... "Aliens are ridiculous." So, mm-hmm. but the the scientists at that time, how scientists scientists were they really? But could you not potentially say the same thing about now when you're still, I mean, when we're, I mean, we're still maybe, discovering Maybe in stuff. a thousand years. Aye, maybe maybe in a hundred years. And that's all that, I'm saying, mate. That's right. all I'm saying is there's there's precedent for it that science evolves and moves on and what now you consider science fiction or, or, or technology, sorry, even was once considered magic. Do you know what I mean? So you, you don't know where we're going. And aye, that's why I love the UFO topic though because it goes all kinds of weirds and one wacky rabbit holes, as you say. Yeah, cool. So, lo- lots of stuff going on, and uh, I'm just going to call it UFO World. Um, right, okay. So, spoke to anybody fun recently? Anybody really interesting? Any sort of interviews that jump out as being um, interesting? You'll, you'll maybe know Jeremy Corbell. He's been on Rogan a few times. Right, okay, I've heard the name, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't listen to Rogan, so, but uh, I've heard the name, yeah. Um. I think I just Rogan's just the podcast guy, isn't he? I think whenever you refer to someone, it's oh they've been on Rogan. That's like the the pinnacle, I suppose, for folks to be on a a, a podcast these days. Um, for me, it's way wrong term memory, obviously with you, Jack. Um, but the 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 Rogan stuff. So Corbell's been on there. Corbell's pretty good. He's like the you know TMZ in the US. I think he'd be like if aliens landed on the White House lawn tomorrow, he would be the face of UFOs for the TMZ it's, generation. Right, okay. uh, he's uh, he's good. I think he's good value for money. Um, I like listening to him. I think he puts a lot of effort into it. He's not everyone's cup of tea, but Jeremy would be the first one to go. Cool, that's fine. Um, Ross Coulter, big Australian journalist. He's a award winner over in Australia and stuff. He's been heavily involved in the UFO to- UFO topic over the last few years, particularly. He had a piece on News Nation, which is a US news channel that's covering the UFO topic just now last night. Um, don't know if you remember, it kind of caught the news a wee bit here back in February where the US shot down a Chinese spy balloon. Do you remember that? Yeah. So there was like three shutdowns over a week though. Um, I've never heard about that too. So you, obviously it was in the US news every day because they were like, wait a minute, what's going on? Are we getting all these spy aircraft? Essentially what happened was the US have obviously got radar and sensors that pick up stuff coming into their atmosphere, right? So Russia kind of just fly a plane over them and check out what they're doing, right? But these things have got different sensitivities and settings. So when the balloon came in, it can just fly across because the sensors weren't picking it up. 
they can change they changed it to a more sensitive setting and they started finding a few different things floating about. One of them was rumoured to be like a hobbyist balloon. So some kind of fucking craft club basically made a weather balloon and hoid it up into the atmosphere and it got <laughs> shot down with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar missile, right? Which obviously the, the US taxpayer goes you actually misidentifying fucking balloons made by the local craft club and hoying quarter of a million dollar missiles at them <laughs> to shoot them down. So obviously they were a bit embarrassed by this in the US. The Chinese balloon, definitely, but I think they were on kind of high alert with it where they went, shit, are we finding stuff new in the atmosphere for Russia, China, you know, Scotland spying on us type thing. So there was another one though. So Ross Kiltap reported on it last night. There was something shot down over Alaska, um, which... The, the State Department went on live telly and stuff and they are spokespeople for the White House and went, something was shot down. We, we don't know what it is. We're going to go recover it. It's over frozen water. But they then said they couldn't recover it and never found it. And folk were like, so wait a minute. Is another one of these missiles been shot at something that you've shot down and don't know what it is? Um, to which obviously the UFO world goes into overdrive, didn't it? Because if you hit something that you shouldn't have or whatever. So Ross Coulter, this journalist, does a lot of research. He's... Um, dug into it and last night on this news nation piece it was only a four or five minute clip by the way so again i'll, I'll give you the link jack if you remind us to, to share with folks i can put this on youtube um he's basically spoke to intel uh sources in the u.s government and they have said that a few days before the chinese balloon which is one of the reasons they picked up the chinese balloon they picked up something else which the 89 of these uf uap ufos they shot at it but never recovered anything and yeah, so this has did, been in the news in the US just now as well. And speaking to Ross Coulthard about that kind of stuff. Did they did they hit the stuff that they shot at? So they are, they have not confirmed this first one happened, but Ross Coulthard's coming out and saying he spoke to folk who said it did. Rumours are they did hit it, but never shot it down. And where was that above? Alaska. So it land? Yeah. Right, okay. It was a bit of a weird time for them because it was over a couple of days we had the China balloon hmm. and then it sounds like a Trump thing, didn't it? China balloon. Yeah, uh, China. And then a few other things that they shot down, one of them apparently being a hobby balloon, but they denied. Well, never denied it, but they uh, didn't really want to follow up on that because it's a bit fucking embarrassing for them, isn't it? It is a little bit embarrassing, it is indeed. Right, okay, so thanks for catching us up on the UAP world and what's been happening in the skies and under the sea, mate. Um... I wanted to put this episode out with Colin for Halloween. Patrons are getting it about a week after Halloween, and if you're on the public feed, Halloween was about a fortnight ago, so apologies. But we're going to do some creepy stories, Andy, because obviously with being um, enjoying your UFOs, you're quite an open-minded guy then. Aye. Right, so we need to cover six or seven stories here, and we'll see what you, you make of these ones, okay? Go on. So... Have you ever heard of the held the hellbound hearts? Is this a Stephen Naismith story for last week? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that picture of his face just on and on—it's just <laughs> amazing, absolutely amazing. So this goes back to nineteen ninety-five, Andy. Um, a guy called Terry he, he killed himself in the bathroom of the home that he shared with his wife. The, there'd been an argument between these two. They'd supposedly always been arguing. Mm-hmm. So he went in the bathroom, blew his head off, um, and that was him fucked, basically. But he generally had been in sort of good physical condition, so mm-hmm. was an organ donor. Um, his heart then saved another guy called Terry's life. He was 57. He had a 
like a, an infection or a virus or something in his heart. So, gets happened. He gets a new heart. Like the the agencies here, they normally say, "Look, see when you you donor something to somebody else, don't get in contact with them. Just let it be. You can contact them. It's not against the law, yeah. but leave it be." They eventually got in contact. So Terry got in contact with the ex-wife, and he walked into the cafe to meet her, and supposedly instantaneously just fell in love with her. He felt like he'd known her for years, and he couldn't keep his eyes off of her. Wait, Sonny? The guy's name's Sonny? Oh, is this Sonny? Aye. Is Terry the dead guy? Terry's the dead guy. Terry blew his off because he couldn't be yeah. bothered with Cheryl anymore. Right, so Terry's for, like, Terry's dead. Sonny, sorry. So Sonny's the new the, the, the guy with the new heart. Sonny and Cheryl. Oh. <laughs> Sonny and Cheryl, yes. They, they eventually do get together because after a couple of years, they both get divorced and they get married. Um, however, <laughs> they start arguing like fuck. And you know what Sonny does? He blows his head off as well. Yeah. So twelve years extra, um, extra time on this earth. But it, this story kind of sounds like Cheryl's unbearable. But... I was going to say Cheryl's the issue here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl, one hundred percent the issue. Sounds like she's grown a bit. And do you know why he instantaneously fell in love with her? Because when you get to a certain age, every woman younger than you starts to kind of become attractive, almost. Yeah. And there would have been. 33. There would have been almost 15, 20 years difference between Yeah, he was and 69. Cheryl. He was 69 when Cheryl had done his head in. Anyway. Su- <laughs> suicide, suicide by gunshot, aye, yeah. Aye, so I was going to say, what do you think of this? But we both came to the same conclusion there that Cheryl is the, the obvious reason why guys keep topping themselves when they're around her. That's terrible. I'm sorry, but, Cheryl. But then there's that whole thing of, is it Cheryl that's shooting them? Shooting them? Like... Or do you think she's a murderer? I don't know. Like, life insurance, maybe? Um, and then you think, did you shoot him in the bathroom? I'd want to know where he, where he shot himself. Is it like a, a copy of the first one? Is she like, look, I know how to do this and make it look right? Um, it was just the same suicide by gunshot, so... Yeah, there are similarities there. What do you think about that? This is a quite a common-ish type story, you know. Like you hear about people get a um, was a guy that got a liver transplant or something, and then started really enjoying knitting or something like that. <laughs> really, he really started like really enjoying what what he termed as feminine activities because I think he got the liver of a sounds female. like excuse, didn't it? I just to get right into knitting and like. But, That's like me going or wearing the wife's shoes for a dog walk and coming back and going, do you know what? I'm going to start wearing a bra. Like it's, it's like I think you're just using that as an excuse to be honest. Um, which is perfectly fine. That's all right if you were. If, if you that. wanted, if you wanted to dress up like Cheryl, that's fine. Um, that's it. So yeah, nothing really, nothing really wacky there. Um, what, what do you think about that stuff? That I'll ask you because yeah. you get uh, you're right that you know we're not quite at the point of brain transplant yet, and I would get that then opens up the whole questions about souls and where what is a soul? Does a soul exist? Is is just consciousness based in the brain? Is the brain just a, one of the theories when you get into UFO stuff and dive down into consciousness being a thing? Like, is the brain just a receiver for a signal coming from somewhere else? You know, like a TV doesn't have the programs inside of it; it gets a signal and it turns into a channel. Uh, the, the channel on the screen right. and that's what people think the brain might be potentially a really unorganic you know computer to receive a signal from somewhere else and your soul is a signal coming from a different source um 
but that's about a brain. We don't do brain transplants. Do you think there's anything in that idea of transplants and getting a bit of that person's essence or something? Uh, no. All right, cool. Let's move on. <laughs> no, but I do, I, I do think that perhaps getting, like, if, let's say, life-saving surgery can change your personality a little bit, perhaps. Oh yeah, I hundred percent. If you're going to if you're going to die, and suddenly you've got you've got two days left to live, and suddenly you've got a new heart, your perspective might change on life, stuff, how you treat people, how you act, and maybe over time your personality will return to the mean. But I definitely think for a a short or maybe short medium term period, you would better if you people people would probably be annoyed at you. Like, oh, fuck, here comes Jack again with his new heart, preaching about how good it is to be alive and shit, or like how fucking, happy here's, here's heart boy again. <laughs> here's, here's heart dickhead again. Aye, Look at um, him fucking alive and all that. Uh-huh. As if he's something special. <laughs> Basically. But I, I do think that um, after a certain amount of time of just being alive again, you would realise that you've still got to take a dog out and pay the bills. You'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, do you know, have you seen the new Saw movie yet? I've not seen a Saw movie since Saw... Two. Uh, so Saw so 10 like a like, kind of prequel. So it's decent, but there's a whole bit about that where he goes to uh, Mexico to get surgery. And obviously he's, I think in the Saw movies, everybody knows the guy Jigsaw is dying. And he's dead in the later ones, but in this one it's going back and back to when he right, first okay. started. Um, but he's he's doing the stuff already, so it's after the first or second movie. Um, but he basically gets a chance at this life-saving treatment and they screw him over basically and he thinks he's been saved. And then finds out after a day or two that he's been conned out his money and they've not actually done anything to him and he's still dying. And it's that whole thing where he's got a day or two of being like, Oh, I'm gonna get better. And he isn't he? And then actually Wait, finds out they've did done they, Did they to kill him. anybody? Did they kill anybody in those couple of days, or was he like happy, Jigsaw? No, he actually does the whole thing of sitting on the bench where he's he's designing the traps in a park. Right. Right, and then okay. he, he, he crumples up the paper and throws it away and goes like, and it's like, oh, I'm going to turn over a new leaf and stop murdering all these people because I'm a nice guy now. Um, but then he, he goes pure murder bastard on all of them and finds the folk that done it. And, which you would. Yeah, you would imagine so. You'd imagine so. No, I've not, I've not seen, I quite enjoyed, I thought, I saw, I thought, saw, I went to the cinema to see that when it first came out. I thought that, like, I really enjoyed that because that was like sort of the first torture porn movie almost yeah um, I enjoyed it and the fact what cinema did you go to would have been you remember might have been might have, Renfield Street might have still been open back then was like, it probably the key actually because I could get the bus straight down the page of the road to that I always remember I, I, my first night working in the UCI cinema in Clybank was when Saw came out I've and never been to the cinema in Clybank oh the coolest thing ever was being able to just like, walk into the films as they were on and just have a peek about I used to love that worked in the cinema I had a friend that worked in the cinema and the only reason he got the job in the cinema was because so that he could try to do that basically like catch but you couldn't even watch the whole film but could you you need to do a bit that, of work sort of before do you know and what after. was a pain in the ass, and I found it very quickly that night was if there was a movie you really wanted to see and you hadn't seen it yet you'd accidentally walk in at the end of it and you'd be like, ah, and then oh, it was shit. the bit he stands up and goes, the keys are in the bathtub. And I was like, ah, fuck, he's dead. Oh, and he, turns out he's, he's alive. There. Yeah, uh, he, spoiler like, for a film that came out 20 years ago, folks. Sorry. He, he's but. in the room with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love to work in a cinema. Probably my favourite ever job. How long did you do it for? Uh, I was in there for like a year. And then a, year, a couple of years after that, I went to work in the big one in the town. 
uh, the cine world. I worked in there as well. Um, Fair enough. A lot of politics when you work in a cinema. See, like, what do you mean? Well, you've got the projectionists who think they're better than everybody. Uh, and they're all getting laid off now because it's just digital, isn't it? But um, <laughs> and they were like better than we were, just like the ticket salespeople and the you know popcorn stuff. And the one in the one in town, Cineworld, um, it was a lot of staff because it was that big, and just a lot of fucking politics and shagging about and all that kind of stuff. So um, for what is essentially working in a cinema, it was a it was an intense but, but environment. I can, I can imagine that being the case in quite a lot of workplaces as. Like a teenager or whatever, as yeah, like early twenties, all that sort of it. stuff going about. Like I've heard some seriously wild rumours about Dominoes because the way that Dominoes seem to work is that they just get people under twenty-one in because you can pay them less minimum wage. I thought you meant the game Dominoes, and I thought I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Place. Like at the bowling club, I mean the pizza, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the pizza places. Yeah. Basically, so your manager's nineteen and everybody else in the place is like eighteen. Aye. Um, and then you get some poor bastard that's been laid off for the building sites and has to go in there for just has, an extra bit of money and, and has to some nineteen-year-olds boss them about. But yeah, aye, fair enough. Maybe that was poor fucking Terry's problem or Sonny's problem. But fuck this. Perhaps aye. Maybe he'd just been late. Maybe he was just having a really fuck. Maybe it wasn't Cheryl. Like maybe it was just he was having a really bad time. Aye. Comes up at the end. Delivery driver Cheryl twenty-four says. <laughs> Don't know why they all keep shooting themselves. <laughs> oh, super duper. Right. Um, where are we now? I'm not even going to read the title of this, but it, like asexuality, you ever heard of this? Asexuality. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so it's where you don't, you, you don't have an attraction to uh, males, females or anything. So like a lack of sexuality, basically. Um, so one person who was asexual, was a Japanese artist called Mayo Sigiyama, and he took his asexuality to a mad extreme, and he basically, he cut his balls, he's cocking balls off. Yeah. So, that's that's pretty fucked up, right? Um, this isn't really, I don't know if this is creepy, if that's the right adjective to describe this, but he decided to hold a banquet mm-hmm. during which guests paid $250 each um, for the privilege of, you guessed it, eating his uh, cock and balls, basically. Not only did six people like play up, but 70 people came to watch it, and he served his cock and balls with uh, mushroom and parsley. And then the police thought, wait a minute. This, this is kind of like when it gets a bit, kind of a bit strange. The police could almost couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh... Like, like, right, okay, you fucked yourself up, now you're feeding your balls to guests that are paying for it. Mm-hmm. But they eventually managed to charge them with indecent exposure. And as of writing, so I don't know when this was written, but he was looking at a hefty fine and a couple of years in jail at the time. Yep. What are your thoughts on feeding your balls to people? Like, if you don't want your cock and balls... I'm torn, Jack, because one, I'm looking going, that seems quite cheap. Like it does seem cheap. I, I thought it would have been about 10 times that. Oh, at least. Um, I'm one of these folks that everyone will do anything for money, right? And see folks that go to wild amounts that, or oh, I wouldn't run street, through the street naked for a million pounds. Ah, you would. You'd probably do it for a lot less. And they go, no, I wouldn't. I, if somebody physically took like 50 grand in cash to you in a briefcase, you probably would, right? So, I there's an amount you would do it for. But I'm also looking going, 
six people ate two balls and a cock. So that's half a, half a ball each, quarter of a cock each or whatever. You know, it's not much. It's a, that's a third of a ball each, really. And then you're looking going, do they get a wee bit of bone, a bit of sausage? Like, are they getting a bit of each? Or is it kind of just potluck? Because it just seems like I'm paying a lot of money for fucking some mushroom and some spinach or whatever, mushroom and parsley. Um, so it might not even be a big portion. But see, to be fair, that, that sounds mental, right? But this could just be an episode of I'm a Celebrity now. Yeah, it's also an episode of the IT crowd. Did you ever watch that? Everybody tells me I should and I would like it. I started watching it a year or two ago, just an episode or two, and I will go back to it, but um I've It's no... kinda of something that's very much it's kinda of like obviously the, the guy that wrote it, there's problems surrounding his sort of political opinions now, but like who cares he was funny, he wrote Father Ted. Separate Lennon. the artist from the art and all that. I am I'm all for that. I the IT crowd is good, but I don't think if I watched the first episode of it that I had ever watched today, that I would be interested in it, to be honest yeah. with you. No, I, I absolutely things. Yeah. Same with like stuff like, let's go back, way back to like the Mighty Bush, or even Father Ted. See, if I hadn't watched Father Ted when I was 15, 16, and I turned it on today, I'd probably just go, what the fuck is that? Never really watched it. I appreciate the funny bits. I've seen all the clips and stuff, uh, so I feel like it's one of the things I have watched, but I never really have. I didn't know really, My yeah. mates were like stoners, so they used to love the Mighty Bush, but I never I never got it. I was near into it. So. Well, I was a stoner back in the day, so that's probably why. Aye. I'd sit yeah. and watch it with the stoners, and they'd all be laughing their fucking heads off. The the wind whispering in some guy's ear, like, I hate you. Aye, and aye. I was like, I don't get it. But they were like, ah, it's fucking great. So, but I'm sure it was. Um, but no, nah, that just seems like he's undersold it. And then... It it's, does. it's his talking boss at the end of the day, like. In fact, do you know what? I don't know when this was written. We're going to just do... People love it when we live Google stuff here. Aye. So let's see. Mao Sugiyama. Yeah, so there is a... F- so it was for self-expression, supposedly. He, he, his reasoning behind it was that he wanted to highlight the plight of asexuals, kind of, because so, he was an artist. So he, he laid out 74 objects. So he must have cut it up really small. Well, that's was, a, ah, you said that there was like six people ate, over 70 people attended. So if everybody was hungry, they were getting a shot. Uh, it's like that whole thing about now Jesus feeding the five, is it 5,000 with two loaves and fucking five fish? But I mean, obviously, none of that ever actually happened because it's not real. But um, well, there's loads of rumours that. How do you know it's if, not real? Jesus and stuff because huh. uh, too many religions have all got versions of the same stories um, so Maybe just, uh, do you know what see in a thousand years time people dig up Harry Potter and go fuck me they had wizards back then <laughs> so um, but I think that's I there's there's always rumours like if that did happen loads of folk actually turned up to Jesus's talk or whatever it was his TED talks his TED <laughs> I, talk hi I'm Jesus and I'm here to talk today about God um, my dad Uh and they actually brought food, but were too embarrassed to say they had. So everyone lied and said they took some of the fish and the bread. Um, and I just wonder on the day, but the folk turned up and been like, I'll have a wee bit of ball, but then they go See, for it. Sounds, but the way I read it was like, 70 people just like, just wanted to watch other people eating another human. Aye, but would you know, if I, say if somebody was like, say say you and Colin were walking down the street one day, and somebody was like, oh here, and we do going long walks and, together quite a lot, aye. yeah. Well, somebody's eating a cock and bone here, mate. Do you want to jump in and have a look? You'd, 
Aye, probably. Aye. How much Just is a morbid it? curiosity? Oh, wouldn't it be paying for it? But I don't think Do these people. I did. <laughs> Like they paid to eat it, but the rest, I'm guessing the ones watching just just watched. Would you Maybe. pay a fiver? Say, say you were like, Colin was like, Oh, th- these guys are eating cock and balls today, but it's a fiver a ticket. No, no, nope, no. Drink Colin would, they're just eating. Drink Colin would, I've seen people eat Colin, no, probably not. I don't know. I've seen people eat testicles on television. Fear Factor used to do it, didn't they? Stuff like that, the, 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 the celebrity one. I'm a celebrity, celebrity yeah, yeah. Um, like goat dick and stuff like that, and like chewing on it and vomiting at the same time. I don't really want to watch that. No. To be fair, my Twitter feeds went a bit wild these days. That's wow. <laughs> some of the content I'm getting. So, how it's been happening? Oh, there's literally the algorithms just went mental, and uh, I'm getting all kinds of fucking deaths and morbid shit and videos. And aye, it's it's a bit mental, isn't it? Getting censored on it these days. See, I've, I've not noticed that, but I have obviously heard about the the lack of censorship and free speech and inverted commas on it. Aye, I um, had to mute a lot of stuff because I'm a parent and I don't want to see dead kids on my Twitter feed and I was seeing loads of stuff for Israel and Gaza and I was like, I heard none of that. And no matter what you muted and blocked, I had to literally go into my settings and type the words to mute and it's just die. So I think that's one thing with freedom of speech, but there's a lot of stuff I don't want to see. So... Mm-hmm. Fucking horrible. Yeah, I've got a mute list of words on my Twitter. Um that you just don't want to see anything about. Uh-huh. Naismith. <laughs> no, but like, like, seriously but think how far. Like, SNP, stuff like that. Like just not I'm not particularly interested. You know, like there's a video going about again, all I know is it's got a horse and a a girl in it and I've not seen it. I don't want to Apparently see it. Apparently it's a guy. A guy, sorry. Yeah, there was there was one years ago with a girl in it. Um, Mate, do you know when I do you know when I googled what this was? This when I listened to RBR this morning and heard Colin talk about it, and I was like, "What is?" Because I, I knew about the other ones. I knew about the monkey. I'd seen that last week in work. Uh, but I, the the I I didn't know what that was, and I looked. I I googled what is this horse video, and it was like it shows a man, and I, that's all I need to see. Right, cool, that's fine. That's plenty. Thanks. But do you know? Remember when you were younger, like. In school, we used to get like a uh, CD ROMs getting passed about. Younger right. folk might be like, "What the fuck's a CD ROM?" But before, like DVDs, you could burn videos onto CDs, oh. um, and you would get videos getting passed about a weird stuff like horses and women and stuff like that. Kind but of was, like, bum, bum fights as well. Do you remember bum fights? Remember bum fights? Yeah, remember the guy got the bum fights tattooed Aye. across his forehead for like a. At the time, I don't know, $500 or something. Aye. And there was folks faces. might not even remember fucking bum fights. Basically, yeah. people getting, people, it was filming sure themselves. Of, I know the, demog- I know the uh, demographics of the long-term memory and 95% of people rem- remember bum fights. Some of them um, used to make them. Aye, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> or Faces of Death. Do you remember that website? No. Was that about like rotten.com? Yeah, it was running about there. It was rotten. It was like they were, I think they were made by the same people, basically. Aye. Back um, before your school would uh, have like a pop-up blocker or website blocker, and you could let you go on it. Basically, back before video sharing, back before YouTube. Like, yeah. See, when you think about how like YouTube seems so ubiquitous with the internet. Yeah. But it's when I say only, it's only been about like sixteen years or something. Like, how I old? think the first video got uploaded in two thousand four. 
It's 18 years old, 2005. Rife. But it seems like it's been about forever. It's also took that phrase that you're you're watching something on YouTube. Like if you're watching something in Daily Motion, do you know what I mean? You wouldn't say, oh, I'm, I'm watching a video on Daily Motion. It's just, it's like Sky, isn't it? You, you, you wouldn't, if you like Virgin Telly or BT, you don't say, oh, I'm watching The Virgin tonight or I'm watching The BT tonight. You'd say, I'm watching Sky or like Sky Plus for recording. It's just things take over the, the, the language, don't they? Mm-hmm. So like YouTube's just eyes. I don't think it'll ever die because of what it is. Oh, it's, too, it's too big to die. Three former PayPal employees started it. PayPal has brought us many people so that YouTube and Elon Musk, they were sort of PayPal people, so they were. So don't want to dive into that. But right, we'll do one more creepy story, mate, and then we'll do the rest as a bonus and a couple of things about that. Um, so let me see. We'll do the victim's ghost terrestria. Right, I don't know if I've just misspelled that. Anyway, um, let's take a look at this. So you've got hospital orderly Alan Shorey was called in for question um, by Chicago Police in 1977. But this guy knew exactly what it was about, or rather whom it was about. Um, Teresa Bassa had also worked at the hospital and in early 1976 he'd gone to her apartment and stabbed her to death before setting her on fire. Sounds like a pleasant type of fella. He was hoping that the police didn't know anything, but they knew absolutely everything. And this is because the woman, supposedly, um, had started displaying strange mannerisms and wasn't following her routines, basically. She became distant, sometimes seeming to almost be in a trance. She would sing songs she didn't know, then deny singing them or even saying anything. The strange events got worse until one day Remy fell back in her bed and spoke to her family in um, Teresa's voice. So um, Remy's husband, Joe, was a doctor and Teresa mainly addressed him begging him to go to the police. Right, so I'm a wee bit confused as to what's happening here. I'll be Aye, I was like, with you. The, saw the dead woman loitering about the hospital's lounge. Yes, so this was before she got murdered tonight. So I think I think where this is heading is <laughs> <laughs> this woman this woman got murdered after this guy. And uh-huh. this woman had told people that she was going to get murdered by this guy in weird trances, basically. Right, okay. And that's about it. I was going to read the last one, but that's basically what it is. Now, he eventually confessed to the murders. Even though, obviously, the police were a little bit sceptical at the time <laughs> because people were reporting, look, this woman said that she was going to get murdered by this guy. Aye. So they were a little bit sceptical, but then he went on trial and the prosecutors like put a little bit of pressure on him. His alibi and shit fell apart and he, he got arrested. This actually ended up on... You ever heard of a TV show called Unsolved Mysteries? Uh, given my current, you know, UFO interest, then I, I used to watch it as a kid, yeah. Yeah. So that was way back in 1996. Um, no one has ever been able to explain how this happened. This, what do you think this, of this? Pre- premonitions, mate. That's basically what we're getting at here. Premonitions of your own death and then it happening. This is what seems yeah. to have happened to you. I think it, there's that whole thing of, like different theories are like time travel and stuff are like is is everything happening all at once is the whole of like the universe history happening at the same time and if it has then that would explain why people could tap into that because it's already happened right so i read the headline the other day and you know me and colin are good at reading headlines andy and it was scientists finally proved that time travel cannot exist 
but it was on like Facebook or something. So yeah. <laughs> Aye. I, I don't think it's something they could or couldn't at the minute, to be perfectly honest. I think there's like, from a physics point of view, they've looked at things and time slows down when you go into space and things like that. And then there's time as we measure it and what is actually time, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that, that idea that if depending on how things actually work, then maybe you could kind of see things into the future because it's already happened or already happening. Um, if ever it was just a loop. But that's I, I immediately I think, is this just another case of what happened before with poor Cheryl, where she nagged two guys to death? And this guy basically went, had enough and went, Do you know what? I keep getting accused of this. Fuck's sake, aye, it was me, just to get it and done me. The other two the other two boys blew their heads off. Well, I don't know if this woman's maybe perhaps started acting all weird in the hope that she would get the boyfriend into trouble in the future. You know, like, Terry's... No, Terry. What's this guy's name? Uh, Teresa. No, no. Teresa's a woman, right? Oh. So, Alan. Right. So, Teresa's acting all weird, saying that Alan's going to murder me in a week. He's going to fuck me up. And then, maybe... And then, maybe, let, let, let's be more serious about this for a second. Maybe she was in a an abusive relationship, and she mm-hmm. genuinely thought this was going to happen. And she was trying to tell people, and people ignored her. And then the domestic abuser murdered her. Probably quite common back then before that's it was probably the, to report all that kind of stuff and Yeah, I think she's maybe this has been a call for help. Yeah. I think I've maybe cracked this. And maybe she was a bit vulnerable as well, given what was going on, emotional, physical abuse, potentially. Um brain not working quite as it should, you know, sort of short yeah. circuiting and like maybe being in a psychotic state rather than a trance. You know, like just having a psychotic break and just saying that Al Alan's gonna he's definitely going to murder me and people just call it that back in the 70s look at this crazy woman do you want me to drop Unsolved Mysteries an email and just say to them here look you might want to pick this one back up <laughs> you may as well go for it because we've cracked the case stick this one on Solved Mysteries uh, <laughs> <laughs> it the new goggle box Andy and Jack look at old Unsolved Mysteries cases and decide what actually happened and then go here that's what it was actually so there we go but I do think yeah I think I've nailed that one actually Aye, no, I'm bad. You're that right one that. makes that one makes sense to me. That one's explainable. Yeah, right, Andy. Thanks. I tell you what, we'll do another, uh, another couple of unsolved mysteries on a bonus show in a couple of days. If you're alright, coming back on, mate. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, if anything, people that have paid for this have not paid enough and should up <laughs> their Patreon subscriptions for these, yeah, uh, because this has been good content and it's only going to get better on the bonus one. Yeah, I genuinely never never said to Andy to say that, like, on my life, I never. Um, but yeah, Colin, get better soon. And listeners, cheers for tuning in. We will speak to you soon. Cheers. <laughs>